And I could very clearly feel like someone had sat down on the bed next to me. My one sister, Teresa, come literally floating down the stairs. She never touched those stairs coming down. One night we went downstairs, we heard a bang like something had fallen. Several doors in the kitchen cabinets were open, like wide open. But there's very distinct audio on one of the uh, videos that says, open the door. Very nasty, demonic sounding voice. So that is my ghost story. Hi, and welcome to Haunted AF, the podcast of real ghost stories told by real people. We are your hosts. I'm Julie Fisk. I'm Rebecca Black. And I want to take a real quick moment to say thank you to everyone for all of your emails. We are getting some of the most incredible ghost stories from all over the world right now. I'm literally drowning Yay. in emails. <laughs> Yay, I love it. Speaking of email, hauntedafpodcast at gmail.com. Send us some more because we can always use them. Always, always. I keep getting people who are like, you know, hey, are you still looking for stories? I'm like, yes. Yeah, it may take us a little longer to get to yours, but mm-hmm. we absolutely always need them. And uh, while you're there emailing us, you can also check out hauntedaf.com. We've got some really great merch. Don't forget, we have exclusive content, which is being posted on our Patreon page. And that's only five bucks a month. I've been a little behind because since we started the next season of the podcast, but I am still posting exclusive content on Patreon. So if you've binged all the episodes, and you're like, dang, I want more stuff. Then again, mm-hmm. Patreon is a really great way to find it. And in fact, we're going to start off today with this story that we shared on Patreon about Rich. Hey ladies, my name's Richard. Love the podcast. I'm a huge fan. Uh, I do a lot of driving for my job, so I'm always looking for new, engaging storytelling podcasts and huge, huge fan of what you ladies are doing. It's inspired me and helping me create more with my podcast. You'll have to excuse the background noise. I am on the road currently, so here's my ghost story. About three years ago, I had ran into a rough patch and I was homeless. I worked my butt off for eight weeks, didn't spend a penny and saved up enough money to get my own apartment. And the apartment that I had chose in Van Buren, Arkansas was probably the cheapest apartment I've ever seen. Just barely over $300 a month, a little 300 square foot, one bedroom apartment. And I wasn't complaining. I was just glad to have my own place. So signed my lease, I moved in, had no furniture of course and after a while I started getting furniture and started trying to get relaxed and after a few nights I started waking up in the middle of the night hearing the floor in the apartment was made out of plywood and obviously it hadn't been changed being such a low budget apartment complex and every step you take creaks. So I hear these this creaking and all this other stuff and so I'm thinking maybe it's just you know somebody in the apartment next door. I don't think twice about it. This happens every night for weeks. So I decide I'm gonna sage the place just to be sure. My mom, you know, she raised me that way to be kinda cautious about things like this. Just felt like the energy was off in the apartment. So I sage the place and you know, the creaking floorboard stopped and uh, I was walking one day, just walking around the neighborhood and I noticed there was a cemetery a block and a half away from my apartment. Okay, no big deal. Did a little research and come to find out that it is either the oldest or the second oldest cemetery in the state of Arkansas. So I'm thinking maybe I'm just catching some weird energy or vibes from this place and it's just bleeding over to my apartment. So after a few weeks, I wake up in the middle of the night and my neck is just burning like crazy, like a really bad sunburn cross with poison ivy. And I didn't think anything of it. To be clear, I work in construction, I work with my hands. So I keep my fingernails short (laughs) because you really don't want a bunch of dirt underneath your nails. And I wake up next morning, and of course I go in the bathroom, I don't have my glasses on, 
splash a little water on my face and the water runs down my neck and when it runs down my neck I noticed that my neck was burning so I look at myself in the mirror and you know I could see a little bit without my glasses and it looked like I had red marks on my neck so I go to my bedroom grab my glasses walk back into the bathroom and I have a set of three scratches on my neck very very close together even if I had fingernails there was no way I could have scratched myself with my nails because they were they were so so close together so I just let it go thinking well maybe there was just some maybe I fell asleep and there was a loose piece of whatever in my bed and I scratched myself not a big deal so it heals goes away and a few days after it goes away it happens again three scratches on my neck so I'm thinking well maybe there's got to be something in my pillow so I change pillows I get new pillows and it still does it this happens four five times in a row and so I decide to google it come to find out in simple demonic possessions of living spaces demons will scratch and leave marks and sets of three as like a bastardization of the holy trinity so <laughs> the day i read this i go and get sage i got some friends that are into crystal energy and all this other business so i bring some crystals in i sage i use the feather i do all the fancy stuff like i'm supposed to and it stops for like three four weeks you know, I had told a few people about it, and now they were like, oh, you need to sage, you need to get out of there, you need to find a new place. Well, I can't afford it, so I'm stuck in this apartment. Everything seemed fine for like three weeks, maybe. And I wake up one morning, I had these very deep scratches in my neck, except this time it was a set of four. I just started calling it my demon. <laughs> I, didn't, I didn't know what to call it, you know? So I took a picture of it and I posted it on Facebook, and then people were commenting on this photo like you need to get out of this apartment because it went from three scratches to four i guess three scratches was you know making fun of the holy trinity and so four scratches means like an absolute demonic possession from what i researched anyway and i started noticing like lights coming on and off on their own don't get me wrong it is an old apartment it could be an electrical thing i get it but people were seeing this post and my neck scratches and that you know, I'm a regular 30-something-year-old guy, so I post some pictures of myself sitting on my front balcony and all this other stuff, and people are like, what is that in the background? And a friend of mine had taken my picture that I had posted as sitting on my front balcony and zoomed in on, like, the way the lens flare was reacting to the picture, and there was a freaking face in this lens flare. I mean, ugh. <laughs> I knew something had to be done, so I invited some friends over that practice, I guess you'd call it witchcraft, and did some blessings and cleansings and some other things, and the scratching stopped. I stopped having a bad energy, but now, you know, it's it's like once a year now, I will sage my apartment, because you can just feel it when it's about time for the apartment to be cleansed. It's been two years now, I'm still in the same apartment, and I'm not really having any issues. I mean, I have a cat, and she will stare off into space like cats do. I'm just like, oh, there she is. She's playing with the ghost again. I had a little old lady that she lived next door to me, and she was in her late 70s, early 80s. And when she passed, they just took her cats. She had like 12 cats, and they just shoved them outside and let them roam free. And nobody bothered to take care of them. So I took care of all these cats. You know, I couldn't take them all in. So, you know, I took care of my feta, and I built a little house for them outside. And I like to think that when she passed, she noticed that I took care of her cats for her. And I think she maybe helped with getting that negative energy out of my apartment. She was just the sweetest little old lady. I would sit out on my balcony and play guitar, and she would just sit out there, wouldn't say a word, and just listen. Just nod her little head, 
enjoying the music. She was so nice. So that's my ghost story. I love the podcast. See you later. Ah, Rich! That is so much to unpack in that story. I love Rich so much. I feel like he's got an angel demon thing happening. Maybe. I don't think it's a ghost. I mean, from everything that he's saying, like Mark of the Beast type situation. Oh, here he sent a picture of the scratch. Yeah. When he's talking about, weren't we all like trying to squish our fingernails together to see? That doesn't look like fingernails. That looks like claws. It does. Absolutely. First of all, congratulations, Rich, for getting on your feet and getting an apartment. Yeah. He's not the first person that we've heard from who says, I was homeless for a while. Mm -hmm. I think that's probably way more common than people realize. Especially right now with everything that's going on in the world and people losing their jobs. Yeah. So getting back on your feet I mean doing everything that he did just to get going yeah. again good for you man and then having this happen no but then good for him for saging and doing and but then taking care of the kitty cat I know that's such a sweet thing that's, that's why I think he that's why I think this little lady is like his little angel now I totally agree like keeping the <laughs> demon away like she's literally fighting a battle for him that he we can't see all day every day she's out there with her little old lady broom like, like sweeping it out shoo, no, no beast so this story actually reminds me of one that we got from an anonymous listener who found us from Talk is Jericho. He says, I was a strange kid, weren't we all? Uh, mm-hmm. He says, I was really scared at nights and would sleep with my head covered even after my parents put a nightlight in my room to help. I just have to say, I have slept with the sheet over my head. almost. <laughs> Yes, almost my entire life since my sister came home from seeing the movie Halloween at the theater and then told me the entire story. Since that night, I have slept with a sheet over my head. So this man is not alone. So anyhow, he says, one night I'm laying on my back with my white sheet covering my face and I felt a hand touching my face. Now this hand did not feel human and I could see through my sheet what appeared to be long fingernails. Years later, when I moved into my first apartment, I woke up and I felt like someone was pushing my face into my pillow. So I managed to push up and gasp for air only to be pushed back down. A few years after that, the same thing happened again. And when I managed to get up, I felt pain in my right leg. There I discovered three scratch marks. So in this story... We have the ghost scratches. And didn't you have the whole thing about being pushed into the pillow recently? Yes. Yes. It was like maybe four months ago or whatever. And I was asleep in the middle of the night. And all of a sudden, it was like somebody pushing my face into the pillow. And I couldn't pick my head up off the pillow. And then I just passed out. And the next thing I know, I woke up that morning. I have got a couple of stories here from Brianne. And she says, when I was younger, I would have tea parties with my great, great grandma, which would freak my grandmother out. (laughs) I would tell her. (laughs) Right? Yeah. I would tell her things that I shouldn't know or wouldn't know at the time. Also, my daughter last year would scare me to death. She wouldn't go down our hallway because she was afraid of the man in the hall. She would be sitting and turn around and yell, stop pulling my hair. And no one would be there. She was three years old at the time. And then she would talk to things that weren't there, like yelling at them to stop doing stuff. It was so creepy. Uh, That sounds like, remember when my niece Savannah was telling us about her daughter Charlotte, the thing would be in there like mocking her or whispering Mm -hmm. in her ear and she was yelling at them to shut up. So here's a story that comes from Brad. Hello ladies, Uh, my name's Brad Lovelock. Um, Just found your podcast after your recent appearance on Talk is Jericho. Um, So I've got a lot of catching up to do. I've had... Paranormal experiences pretty much all my life. I've got loads to share. Well, the one that I'm going to talk about um, happened about seven years ago. I come home from work at about 11 o'clock in the evening and um, turned my back to quietly shut the front door. Um, I heard a woman's voice from the direction of my stairs, which are pretty much opposite my front door, say, shh, don't wake them up. I heard it as clear as anything. I spun around 
expecting my wife's that they're annoyed at me for being too loud and waking up our one-year-old son. When I turned around, there was nothing there, nobody, just emptiness. Fair to say, I dropped my bag, sprinted up the stairs and dived into bed where my wife was sleeping. The next morning, woke up to an empty house. My wife was out doing the school run. So I went downstairs and started watching some morning TV, waiting for my wife to come home. While I was sat there, uh, the dining room door slammed shut. Now, it's not like the sort of slam where it shuts gently in the breeze and there's a little rattle. This was a full-on bang, like someone forced it shut and held the door to stop it rattling. Um, As soon as that happened, the TV went off and I went straight outside waiting for my wife to come home. But while I was waiting outside, I couldn't help but shake the feeling that I was being watched from my house. Um, When my wife turned up, she wondered why I was waiting outside. Started explaining to her what had happened, but that conversation got shot down pretty quick because this sort of stuff freaks her out. Anyway, keep up the excellent work. Cheers. 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 We got a story that's very similar to Brad's, and this one is from James. He says, one night, my father woke up in the middle of the night because he heard noise in the kitchen. He went to look, and he found all the chairs stacked on top of the table, and the cupboards were wide open. So he stood in the kitchen and thought, what the f*** is going on? But in Irish (laughs) fashion, he went back to bed. As he got as he got to the stairs, he saw an old woman standing on the steps. My father, who is Catholic and a very spiritual person, tried to walk past her but couldn't. The woman held her fingers to her lips as if she was saying shh, and then she turned to move upstairs. She led my father to the room that my brother and I were sleeping in, and she pointed to my brother, then to me. Then she rose her arms in the air and slowly arched her back. Then she faded away onto my sleeping body. (laughs) What? No way. He says, why did she choose to fade away into me? I'll never know. Ah. Take care of yourselves, James. We get the stories about the old lady creeping around the house uh, all the time, but I've never heard one where somebody's like fading into the body. Okay, so here's my thing. I need to know more. Like, does he feel like that she's maybe a part of him now and he carries her around or something? Or was the old lady just messing with his dad? You know? Yeah, Rebecca, I'm getting so many Dead Pet of the Week theme songs right now. <laughs> love it. Oh, what? I love it. This one comes from Jay. <laughs> Wait, I got it. I'm, I'm sorry. I need to play that one again. <laughs> little bit of yours you know with a little bit of screamo going on these are fantastic please keep those coming uh give them the email address please hauntedafpodcast at gmail.com again that's hauntedafpodcast at gmail.com and people have said i don't have a ghost story to share that's great do your own dead pet of the week theme song okay so this absolutely this one comes from leslie hi julie and rebecca i have a story about my dearly departed beagle whose name is sugar We were absolutely devastated to lose her last May, but I think she still is with us in the house. There have been nights where I'm laying alone in my bed and I feel the bed shift as if she has jumped up on the bed and she starts stomping around to find her spot and then she flops down beside me. It's very comforting to know she's still there and she still kind of cuddles up to us. 
I say us because I was talking with my mom this morning and she mentioned that she felt the bed move and she thought it was sugar climbing up and flopping down on her bed. And I said, well, I've had this same experience too. And then she said, so has your dad. So all three of us have all had experiences where our angel beagle sugar has come to visit with us and curl up next to us in bed. I hope you enjoyed my story. We also need to address a story that we posted this week on all of our social medias about Patty's dog. Patty reached out. She had this dog named Traveler. Traveler died of cancer and everyone was heartbroken. So a few months after that, there was a really bad storm that came through and uh, some branches were blown off a tree in their yard that was right next to Traveler's doghouse. So Patty went out the next day and she burned the branches and then she goes back inside. When she looks out the window, she sees the ashes from these branches that look almost exactly like the dog. Have you seen this video? Okay. So when you posted this on Instagram, I was like, why did you post the same picture? I know, right? It's not. I had to like zoom in and look close. Oh my gosh, those ashes look exactly like her puppy dog traveler. And I had to be clear because then at the bottom of the TikTok video, I said, by the way, Patty had her dog cremated. Those are not the dog's ashes. And so many people have reached out saying like, why did she dump her dogs? No, those are the ashes from the branches. (laughs) And it's funny when Patty sent the email, she just sent pictures of the ashes. And I said, well, this is fascinating. Can you send me a picture of Traveler for comparison? And when she sent that picture, I'm like, holy shit, like that's yes. your dog. And she said yes. her, her friends are like, no, no, no. That's just wishful thinking. No, I'm sorry. It looks identical. Like I couldn't believe how similar. So over the summer, we found this podcast called the Spooky Science Sisters and it's hosted by Paige and Megan. And it's really cool because they take the spooky stuff that we talk about mm-hmm. and they, they're both scientists. So they mm-hmm. address it scientifically scientifically and answer as many questions as they can. And we're going to do a collaboration with them at some point because they did a really cool episode on Skinwalker Ranch because that's not something that we've addressed. And I don't even know that much about it. So the Spooky Science Sisters had a very cool story. This is from Paige and Megan. So we are generally skeptics on our podcast, um, but we sort of have this creepy family story legend. What would you call it, Paige? I would say story. Okay. So when And my brother was young. He had an imaginary friend. And after a while, my brother hanging out with this imaginary friend, my mother asked him what his imaginary friend's name was. Most imaginary friend's names are what? George, Philip, something like that. (laughs) And and my brother's imaginary friend's name was Numi, which is a really bizarre imaginary friend name anyway. My brother and I are six years apart. So fast forward to when I'm young and I start walking around with an imaginary friend. I don't really remember much of the interaction that I had with this friend because I was so young. But uh, years later, my mom told me that my imaginary friend's name was also Numi, which is the same name as my brother's imaginary friend. And we're (laughs) far enough apart that I mean, it's possible that he could have told me something at some point, um, but he was so young when it happened. And like my mom said, like he probably didn't even remember knew me uh, by the time I was talking about knew me. So we're sisters in law um, and I'm married to her brother. So I married into this family and then found out about new me, which is spelled N-E-W-M-E as in like a new 
person, a new me. Um, although we recently had it pointed out to us that maybe it's actually spelled K-N-E-W-M-E as in like, you knew me. I'm someone that your family knew and now I'm still sticking around. So... <laughs> So yeah, basically it's just this uh, kind of terrifying little story. And now that I have a one-year-old daughter, I am constantly on high alert to see if she's spending a little bit too much time babbling to somebody that's not there. <laughs> okay, if this one-year-old does not start talking to Numi, I'm going to be almost pissed off. Same here, because that's the perfect ending to this story. Yeah, I know. <laughs> you know, I talked to my daughters about their imaginary friends, and neither one of them could remember their names. And like my oldest, yeah. she would talk to her hand, and her hand's name was Juana, and then her other hand was Juana's mom. <laughs> And then, they sound fun. Like, yeah. I want to have drinks with Juana and Juana's mom. I know. And then my younger daughter, she would talk to her fingers and she called them her nippy friends. <laughs> I never had an imaginary friend and now I'm jealous. Paige and Megan, you'll have to keep us posted and let us know if there's a <laughs> new me shows up again. Got an email from Michael and he says, so when I was about five years old, my grandfather was in the hospital with terminal cancer. His wife at the time was a rude lady who did not like my family. Ooh, but bitch. we'll get back to that. <laughs> Uh, He said, I'd been pulled out of school to go say goodbye to him, but he passed away while I was waiting in the lobby. So as we were headed home, the dome light in the car came on by itself. I was sound asleep in the back, but my mom says that I woke up and called her the nickname my grandfather used to call her when she was little. I said, I'm okay now. I don't hurt anymore. And I love you. Don't be sad. I'm in a better place. And then I fell right back to sleep. Ugh. Right? Okay. And it gets even crazier. He said that he couldn't get the dome light to go off until we pulled into the driveway of our house. About a month later, his mean wife called my mom and said, you need to come over here and tell your dad to leave. I can hear him in the attic every night. Sorry. I have to do, I don't know why I have to do the country accent on no, that. <laughs> it works. It works. Roll with it. Thank you. Uh, my mom refused to go, but my aunt went over there eventually and found his wife dead in a chair. The coroner said that she had had a massive heart attack and that she might have been scared to death. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> so they checked the attic, and the only thing they could find was a squirrel. Michael goes on to say, sure, maybe a squirrel scared her, but a squirrel doesn't stomp around at 2 a.m. in the morning calling your name over and over again. Now, I've good heard point. that's a good point because I've heard a squirrel, and squirrels, they can sound much no. heavier than they actually are because they run across our roof, and it sounds like a drunk guy stumbling around. But the call. <laughs> Calling your name. That's a totally no, different story. Not a squirrel trait. <laughs> oh, and guess what? We got another damn creepy doll story. You ready no! for this? <laughs> no, I'm not. Here it comes. Hi, this is Mercedes, and I promised to tell you about this really beautiful, really creepy doll that I found. So one day I was at the thrift store here in Las Vegas, and um, I found this gorgeous mermaid doll. It was just a porcelain doll with a little stand, had a silver tail, just really beautiful. And I don't like dolls. I don't collect dolls, but something about this doll, I just, I really wanted her. So I um, walked away and came back to her and walked away and came back to her and finally decided I had to buy this doll. I just, something called out to me. I just really wanted this doll. And I took pictures of her and even put it up on Facebook and said, you know, this is how you get haunted because um, I'm a horror writer. So I know, I know these things. I know that this is what happens in books and movies, but I think even then I realized there was something about this doll that, that wasn't 
quite natural in the way that I wanted her. But I brought her home and I showed her to my daughters and um, my youngest loves dolls. And she was like, uh-uh, no. They didn't want anything to do with her. They thought she was frightening. They they didn't like her. She didn't make them feel good. My best friend came and saw the doll and I was like, look at this doll. I just, I'm in love with her. And she was like, no, I don't, I don't like it. Something doesn't feel right with that doll. It surprised me because I kept joking about this doll being haunted, but I had this I just, I wanted her. I needed her. I, I, I've never felt that way about an object before. And everybody around me hated it. The cat didn't like it. My girls would have nothing to do with it. My best friend was like, this is awful. I finally thought, you know, maybe there's something to this doll. Well, this doll would wink one eye all of the time when, when no one was near it. I had it sitting on my writing desk and she would just wink that one eye and then it would wink the other eye. And I have a video of that I'll, I'll send you, but it's it's not a great video. But so this doll is just kind of winking and my littlest daughter said she saw it move a few times and I don't know, I don't know if that really happened or not or if she was just so afraid, but I decided that I needed to get rid of this doll for the sake of my family, you know? So I went and put her out in a box to donate three separate times. And I would put her out in that box and it was time to donate that box. I would always pull her out and bring her back to my room and put her back up. I just, I couldn't get rid of her. And I think what scared me so much was this feeling of, I need her. I need her. I, I've never felt that way about something. And everyone's telling me it's a bad idea. And I, I wasn't listening. Um, so one day I finally was like, this is not a good situation. The stall's winking all the time. It's scaring everybody. I took her and I threw her away in the garbage can hard enough that her head broke because I knew if I did that, I wouldn't be tempted to bring her back into the house again. So it took a lot of strength. It was really hard for me to do, but I broke her, put her in the garbage bag, put her outside in the trash, and I still wanted to bring her back in until the garbage men came and took her away. It was the strangest thing, but once she was kind of out of the vicinity, I felt a lot better, but yeah, she was beautiful and I just, I loved her, but now that she's gone, I feel kind of a sigh of relief. So that's my creepy doll story. Love listening to you guys. Okay, so Mercedes did send the video of the doll winking and uh-huh. it's just a doll one eye, it's closing. So there's not a whole lot to see other than the fact that no, the doll is not beautiful. It's just the- a creepy ass doll. <laughs> I just can't get over the fact that she felt so inclined to keep this doll, that she needed it. And especially the, the daughter thinking that she sees it move. It needs <gasps> to be thrown out at that point. Yeah. Okay, so this story is for you, Rebecca. It's from Erica. She says, hey ladies, new listener, after hearing you on Chris Jericho's podcast, podcast a few weeks ago. Ever since I've been binging your old episodes to catch up on the current season, and I have to say, I absolutely love it. Total ghost, paranormal, weird things to go bump in the night groupie here. So I'm actually listening to season two, episode 13, and this is in regards to the ghost plane story. Me and my husband have seen one together just a few years ago. So here's the story. I live in Baltimore, Maryland, and he and I were doing a little day lunch date thing at the local mall. So we pull into the parking lot and we both see this huge white passenger plane. I don't remember seeing any logos on it like Southwest or American Airlines. Now we do live near a smaller airport and an Air Force base. So seeing low flying planes is not that uncommon, but to see a huge passenger plane is very uncommon. We were both stuck in a trance-like shocked phase like, oh my God, this plane's going to crash. That's way too low. It's way too big to land at that airport. So 
neither one of us think to pull out our phones to record this. And we get into the parking lot and we both just stare at it. It's now going in the direction of the airport, but we see it dip and then go up and just disappear into the sky. It was so weird because there was no sound, just like the story that was told in season two, episode 13. Mm -hmm. I was so relieved to hear that someone else had a weird plane story and it wasn't just me. I have so many other stories to tell you, some orb pics if you're interested. Yes, of course, we always are. Uh Love your show, Erica McCrory. Can you believe that? My mind is blown right now. Same here. When you shared that story in uh, season two, like I had never heard anything like that. And Uh -uh. uh, that's the one where the plane was flying over the lake and I guess it was a guy and his dad and they both saw it and there was no sound, but it sounds so similar to that. Sounds exactly the same. That's crazy. Okay, so we got this story from Jesse. Hello, my name's Jesse. I guess a little backstory is needed here. In my mid-twenties, I was a bit of a partier. Got myself into trouble. The judge ordered me to go to a workhouse for four to six weeks. And the workhouse she assigned me was the Anoka County Workhouse in Anoka, Minnesota. Not my shining moment, but the first day I got there was mid-July. Not much really happened that first week, except at night. I'd have these very vivid dreams of a beautiful woman in a red dress. Now, I never got to see her face. It'd always be obscured by her long brunette hair. At the beginning, she just seemed to walk around in my bunk room, and she'd try to beckon me to follow her. I didn't know who she was. I thought, at best, she was from the floor above me where they kept the female inmates, or she's somebody that just came in off the street. So I'd tell her no, and she'd get pissy, and she'd storm around, and she wouldn't attack me, but she'd kick the lockers, or she'd throw boots around that were under people's beds. Then she'd storm off. This occurred almost every night. The second week rolled around, I was assigned a daily job because you have to be productive during the day, so they gave me groundskeeper duties. I had also learned at this time that the surrounding buildings in the area, there were, I want to say like seven or eight of them in this circle, were all connected via these subterranean tunnels. And apparently, this place is also the site of the old Anoka Asylum. Anyway, the woman in red kept coming back, and finally, I had had enough of it and decided I'll go with her just to be done with this. Maybe it'll end these dreams. So she came in like she always does, and she pulled the covers down and told me to come with her. She led me right past the guards, and she led me right down into the tunnels. We'd pass doorways here and there on the left or right, then she stopped. And the smell hit me. Stale, cooked hot dogs. All of a sudden, (laughs) the darkness is illuminated by this purple-blue hue of electrical current, followed by this animalistic scream. This right here made me turn and run. I woke up just as I was getting to the top of the steps from the tunnels. I was terrified. I did not sleep for another two and a half, three days after this occurrence because I didn't want to see that lady again. It was at this time that I had started talking more to the guards and some of the inmates. And they were telling me 
about the shadow people that people often saw and orbs a lot of people saw orbs especially in the kitchens and down in the tunnels it got to be about my third week down there and end of the third week we were told we were getting a big influx of new inmates and because of this we were having a shortage of bunks so we needed to bring up some cots from storage well storage is another word for the tunnels so a guard led me down there i had not set foot in these tunnels in real life i'd only seen them in the dream but everything was the same down to just weird little details we got to the room the room from the dream where i saw the electrical sparks and heard the scream that's the room that had the cots in it as i stepped into that room that smell hit me the stale cooked hot dog smell (laughs) i was ready to vomit and run then it caught my eye in the corner there was an old electroshock therapy machine yeah that made me nearly piss my pants and run um i grabbed the cots i needed to and i got the hell out of there i never stepped foot in those tunnels again i only had a few more days after that and once i was released i had not had any trouble with the law ever since um i would not want to go back there that place was terrifying that's one way to go about law enforcement is haunted prisons, you know? No kidding. I was so sucked in. And then when he's like, and then I see the electrical, what do you call it? The, the current. Yes. Yes. I was like, oh my God. And the hot dogs. <laughs> yes. Were we not all smelling like boiled, burned hot dogs? Hot dogs. Childhood. Gross. See, that made me want a hot dog. <laughs> now I'm hungry. It? it really did. I love hot dogs. It's gross. I'm sorry. I do. No, no, no. I love a good hot dog, but I do not like a burned, boiled hot dog. Yeah, I'd still eat it. All right. Give them <laughs> give them the email address. We need more stories, always. Hauntedafpodcast at gmail.com. Again, that's hauntedafpodcast at gmail.com. And don't forget, go to hauntedaf.com, especially if you want any of the merch. You can find us on Patreon. And then coming up next week, we're going to talk about a video that we just shared on social media of some indoor security footage that's just amazing. And there's some really great stories behind it. We're also going to talk to a paranormal investigator who was inspired after losing his father in the Oklahoma City bombing. That's all coming up on the next Haunted AF. All right, guys, don't forget to subscribe to iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, whatever your platform is that you love listening to. You can find us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, Reddit, or you can chat with us directly on our brand new website, hauntedaf.com. Got to say thanks to Andrew Mamaliga for our theme song and to On Air Media for titles and technical support. And of course, we got to thank you, the listeners. Thanks for listening. By the way, Julie, if I die first, I'm coming back to haunt you. Oh, I'll come back to haunt you too, Rebecca. Aww.